Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with Darcy McConvey. Some of you may know Darcy. He used to teach a class here at Rockstar on how large developers analyze projects. That's when he was part of a company called Graybrook that we have a long-time relationship with. And he left that role to go out on his own with a good friend of his and get into the public storage niche. And since then, it's been a wild ride as any entrepreneur or anyone who goes out on their own knows those first few months and years um, are difficult and can be challenging from every which way family relationships cash flow mentally the whole bit and we brought him in to just talk about that journey how did that go how is he doing now it's only been a few years and he's already accomplished a lot so not only does he talk about that journey but he breaks down what he is looking at with public storage units where he's buying them across Ontario the numbers they're looking at the types of facilities they're looking at the future of public storage, what it looks like as an investment class and as an operating business. So we dive into it all with Darcy. Really appreciate him showing up. He gives out all his contact information at the end if you're interested in reaching out to him. And if you are listening to this and you are trying to make sense of what's going on in the investment world, I mean, everyone we talk to is trying to do it. That is one thing we try to do at the different things we do here at Rockstar, whether it's the newsletter that go out to Rockstar members or it's the live events or it's the over 20 classes that we have with instructors coming in to talk about the legal status of tenants and landlords under the Tenancy Act here in Ontario, or if it's how to use corporations to buy real estate in Ontario, or if it's different financing options and how they work for Canadians to buy real estate. All these different things are covered here at Rockstar. We're trying to navigate these choppy financial waters together, and that's what we do as part of the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. You can check out all the details of what a Rockstar member gets when they join by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, we are we are recording with Darcy McConvey. Darcy uh, Darcy was just explaining to me that he's so diligent with the Bitcoin he purchased in 2012. Mm-hmm. What was the price in 2012? Five bucks. No, I think uh, fifty cents. <laughs> Dude, are you a multi billionaire? Are you a multi billionaire? <clears throat> no, if I was, I probably wouldn't be here to be honest. But. <laughs> It's, uh, he doesn't like you. <laughs> you don't like us at all. Hey, guys, listen. If I had a few billion in the bank, I'm not going to be doing I'm this podcast. Talk to you. It's a, what day of the week is today? Yeah, he'd, be at my, he'd be at my office. Oh, shit. Um, no, yeah, no, I think it, uh, it was between 1,000 and 1,500, I think, oh, per, a bit per Bitcoin. Oh, 1,200 maybe? Yeah, okay. So that's it's gone up like 30x then at this point or 25x depending on the today's price 25x that's not bad yeah at one point it was what like oh oh yeah uh, one time yeah yeah you're just going to make your losses sound even worse but you you're convinced you're going to find these keys and you're going to recover this bitcoin and i'm here to tell you you're not going to find them if you haven't found them yet and it's this low on your priority list dude 
You're not finding them. Those have been donated I, I to I, the Bitcoin gods. Why don't you tell people where they that, think that you think they are roughly and we'll start yeah. a treasure hunt. Yeah. <laughs> There's an old laptop in your garage for sure. What's yeah, your it's on it's on the old laptop somewhere. Somewhere it's saved. And I'm, I'm counting on a very technical person to, to find out where exactly they're saved. Because otherwise, the way I look at it, as I spin it to a, a more of a positive thing, is... <laughs> It's a long-term hold. It's a long-term play. <laughs> it's very long-term. So you know what? Very long-term. Like, why now? Yeah, it's, that's to your, true. To your point, it's, Wait just, just a year. it's just the calm before the storm. Yeah. It's going to shoot. Yeah. Once it shoots, I'm going to be highly incentivized well, to, because to make I'll sure I'll tell you why now, because the moisture in your garage might be impacting that laptop. Yeah. So you might. Well, I said garage. Maybe he knows it's in a very dry oh, attic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, attic. It's actually in my, cold it's cellar. Actually in my closet, the, the, the really? old laptop. So it's... It's dry. I know it's dry. Um, if you and, want, and I see it. You know what? If you every want, so bring off by here. We'll give it a. We'll give it our. Give it a go. Yeah, we'll give it a go. If we find the private keys, you know, we'll split the proceeds 50-50. But here's the thing: if I find them today or I find them tomorrow, we'll find them. Um, I like the. Would you sell it? You're 100 percent not finding. Would you it. sell it today? <laughs> would you oh, sell it today? No, nope. sell sell Bitcoin. Oh my God, Darcy! Please, that's what I'm saying. Why? Yeah, so you, I, and I get it. Im- so. Imagine this: like you could probably cut this part of the podcast out. <laughs> it, it, you could always just put it on your in your net worth statement, right? I still own them in theory. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. So yeah. when it shoots yeah. to the moon, yeah, I here guess. we are. I guess like no one else owns them. You were the last. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like. When you kind of extrapolate into the future, how do you prove ownership to like a bank that's actually going to use it as collateral? Will you give an address where they can see them? But then how do they map them to you even? Well, a lot of banks for different things, they don't verify what you're saying anyways. <laughs> that's no. so true. You know I mean? oh my that's, my, that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so we all have billions on our balance sheet now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, unlimited oh, crypto. Oh man! So, uh, so Darcy, before we get into your what you're doing now, we yeah. crossed paths originally when you were with Graybrook. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually helped teach a class here to Rockstar members about different development projects. So we're really grateful that you did that. Um, I think that's a whole side of real estate that most people don't get exposed to. So thank you yeah, for taking course. time to do that. You know, you're a dad with three kids. We're dragging you out to do these classes into Oakville. We had to pull. You live in Toronto. I do. Yeah pulling you up from Toronto into Oakville. We know what kind of a pain that is, especially with traffic lately. So thank you. It's great to be here. And yeah, it was, it's always been a pleasure dealing with you guys. And I was probably persistent in trying to get in front of, you know, your, your great members, I guess they're called rockstar members. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was great. Loved it. And it's been a great relationship. So thanks for, thanks for having me out. So what, what are you doing now? Actually, before before that, we rely heavily on BDO because their audit, their accountants, tax and audit uh, for us, and their office is right here. I've never been here, so oh. I should probably knock on their door and say, hey, "I was going to say, we yeah, actually that, made that's it out that here. nice new building next door." Yeah, how much are you paying these guys that they can afford offices like that, dude? Too get much. a get a different accountant, man. Too much BDO. Like how much are BDO fees? I look at that office. I'm like, how much are you paying those accountants? You didn't. I, I, I've, I wish you didn't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> they built that building and it sat vacant for a while. Yeah. BDO went in first, but then the rest of it, well, even though when they were there, because I guess the pandemic or whatever, they, it was empty. Those offices were finished and it was empty forever. And the yeah. other, the other ones weren't even leased, but then now it's actually leased up. I gotta be honest, I'm surprised. Is that whole building leased up? Yeah, it says there's a sign out front. It says 100% leased. Adam Sandler recorded, uh, filmed a movie there. <laughs> That's right, in the parking lot. Like, yeah, do you know the name of the movie? I think it's out now. I think it's a Netflix movie. I forget. Ne- yeah. 
he was in the parking lot for a little while. We never really saw him. We were trying to throw stuff at him for the market. You were. We, we I, were, I don't think we, I was We allowed. like him. We were just trying to cause a scene. Yeah. <laughs> we should have tried to chase him down for real. Yeah. I could have distracted him, and you could have chased him. I'm sure they have security. I just tackle him once. Good marketing plan. That's probably why I leased up. Stay on their share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that office building is it really leased up. I'm pretty sure when I, I walked by, if you walk by on the entrance, the, that little street that enters to the mall, there's a sign there that says 100% leased. Like I'm, I'm like, oh wow, okay. Certain. You're good making me doubt myself, but yeah. Good location, QEW Trafalgar. Okay. It's a great location. It's high visibility yeah. to yeah. the highway. It's just, yeah. it's just Go train timing. across the highway. I didn't yeah, know how great. many people were signing over the last couple of years, how many people were signing new leases. That's the, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. well, I don't think many. Yeah, that's. I don't think know, many We were either. talking to Rob on here. Remember, he was talking about his leases and the rates and how were the rates were, but maybe they just got some good deals and that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial real estate, I guess in the U.S., it seems like it's headed just for a little bit of a disaster. So well, did, I feel like retail in the U.S. was like hurting before in a lot of these areas like i felt like retail just got overbuilt in the u.s and this i am basing this off nothing except for just driving around yeah and seeing a lot of these malls and i'm like how why are there so many malls that are like half empty it, it, versus here it seems that the majority of them are are pretty yeah. close to full or you know but you, know, to, you know what the solution is yeah pickleball courts i don't know if you yeah. heard that yeah. converting malls into no, no I come didn't on this is oh like, yeah this is a thing real thing come on yeah yeah real thing like Obviously, it's not going to account for all vacant malls in the U.S., but yeah, no, it's a real thing. Pickleball, like like 50, I don't know, I don't follow it closely, but. Pickleball is now this popular? Oh, it's huge. Oh, yeah. They put, Why they, is they pickleball, I've still never your, played it. By your house, they put courts. They changed some of the tennis courts to pickleball courts. I thought, I know, I see people playing there, but I thought that was just a tennis court that they happened to be playing pickleball on. They, they're going to like permanently like make them a real pickleball court. I, I know, I read it in the What am I missing about pickleball? Like you just run less? There's two people on each side, so you basically just swing your arms around? I think it's just more accessible. It's probably a little bit easier to, like, yeah, bonk it over tennis. the net than tennis, where it's a little more maybe technical. Okay. And, and is that what you do? That, you bonk it? Is that a technical I term for pickleball? <laughs> okay, I didn't know. I don't know what's going on. Up in Hollywood, one of the houses right by us, they built a pickleball court at the side of the house. Like, I see it's taking off. Bonk. I didn't know the mall. How many pickleball courts can you put in an old Eaton's? You can put a shitload, man. It would yeah, actually be go. Hey, if you go down, multi-story pickleball. Multi's hey, This is a unique real estate opportunity. Just for think now. what Florida's like now, man. There's pickleball courts everywhere because that this was. I mean, the first time I heard pickleball was now. It was the old gym still, so that's got to be what ten years ago or something. When I knew guys that were going down to Florida and playing pickleball, and I'm like, what the heck is pickleball? And then eventually, it's now it's name. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. A tough name. Hey, Florida makes sense. You but run less retired people, so you don't have to move around that much. We got to come up with a new sport. That's more fun. Let's just figure out a new sport. And well, it has been it a lot of awesome. new sports. There's that. What's that thing I see the all the kids market. play at the park with the little ball that goes off the little bouncy oh, thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, spike, uh, ball, spike, spike ball. ball. Yeah. Spike ball has exploded. I've never nothing. played it, but I want to. It seems, Aiden it seems, plays it, with his buddies all the time. Seems aggressive. I want to smash that thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're way off track. I don't know. We wanted to yeah. talk to Darcy about what he's looking at real estate. So what are you doing now? Kind of break it, break it down for us. Yeah, sure. So we, uh, my partner and I, Go back quite a while where uh, we, we were good friends and he and I were both in real estate. When you say and, good friends, like you played hockey together or something? Um, yeah, I guess we did a little bit when we were younger okay. against each other. But yeah, just like kind of similar network. And, you know, I went to school, his buddies went to school and there's, you know, we kind of stayed in touch. A lot of crossover friends. He was kind of a top broker at Collier's for a number of years, led sort of their private capital group um, and then went to start his own brokerage, did really well. <clears throat> and uh, and. And I was in real estate, sort of private equity, right? You mentioned Greybrook, I was with Greybrook. 
And we're kind of always had a bit of the entrepreneurial bug. And so we, we bought our, a self-storage facility together in uh, Orangeville, Ontario. Uh, and he was brokering some stuff for public storage, access storage, and a few others. So he knew that he knew the asset class quite well. And we're like, we're simple guys. This seems like a pretty simple asset class. Let's, let's jump in. So we did it. We self-managed it, ran it, kind of understood the business. No way you self-managed it at the beginning. Yeah. So were you there at the entrance? Well, no, I wasn't there. Okay, the, you hired somebody. I, I know it's the sort of, it, it was a little bit more of the rock star motto, which is, uh, what is it, never pick up a hammer? Yeah. Um, so I would, uh, no, we, I was there quite often because like we wanted to learn it, right? Like you can't learn it from an ivory tower is kind of what we say. And you, you kind of got to be boots on the ground. So we did. So fast forward, we, we then bought a second facility. That it, wait, wait, sorry, for the one in Orangeville, like yeah. what percentage of, uh, like what do you, what's the language? Is it occupancy or yeah. is there like a vacancy rate of these things? How does yeah, this yeah. work? Like what yeah. percentage is good for a self-storage place in Orangeville? Is it like 80% full, 60%? What is like a target that you, you would be aiming for in these facilities to make the numbers work? Yeah, so great question. I'll, what we do is we're rolling up secondary market, high growth secondary market self-storage. That, that's kind of what, what we're now doing. Back to Orangeville, historically um, storage, especially during COVID, like was very high occupancy. So north of 90%. When we acquired uh, Orangeville, I think Shit, it was- north of 90%. Yeah, it was 92 to 94% occupied. Um, and the attrition on that, like how much do you, it, I guess, does it change? Yeah. Are you about to tell me today's different? It's not at 92%? Today's slightly different. Like COVID really drove storage um, significantly. People, people bought shit. People bought shit. People converting their houses and needed to put stuff, putting home offices in. There was a lot of movement. People are moving from here to there, right? Like, you know, the big driver of storage is, is really historically and still today is, is residential, right? So whether it's residential development and growth, markets growing, or, you know, in the U.S., it's much more of a transient marketplace where people will, like, live in New York, get a job in Florida, and then go to Chicago and get a job in Chicago. And so, that, you know, that's why store in the U.S., it's, it's been much more of a mature asset class. There's more awareness around it. It's more institutionalized, meaning, like, you know, big institutions are big investors, like Bill Gates and Kroenke, like, huge capital behind storage. Canada, it's, it's coming. Um, but... So I would say in terms of occupancy, like very high occupancy rates across Ontario. Um, and so, and then in terms of attrition to your question, like you can churn anywhere from like 25 to 50% of a facility a year. Um, and mm. so when it comes to- It's more than I would have thought actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. people would have left their stuff there because yeah. they're too lazy to get it out. Yeah, yeah well, it, there still is a large component. Like you're looking at, you know, you're seeing average duration of storage like stay trending a little bit longer um, lately. But- and what is the average duration? Ballpark. Sub, We're not going to hold sub a it year. Too. Call it like around a year. Hmm. Say. Wow. Sub a year. Yeah. It's pretty good. Around a year. And what's the normal offer? But first you, month free, two months free? Usually, I always see them usually. It just depends. First month free. Usually. It, it, it depends, depends on the market. It depends on the market. It depends on like if there is vacancy, if you kind of want to fill it up. Okay. It, it depends on your revenue management system. So like not, not to jump around too much, but you know, you're, you're probably optimal. Again, it depends on the market, depends on the leads, depends on like the depth of storage in that market, how many square feet in the market. But like you, your optimal actually occupancy is probably in the high 80s, low 90s, call it high 80s, because storage is month to month leases. So, you know, you want to be able to reset that pricing every mm. month. And so like we're in an inflationary environment and you can reset it oh month brilliant. to month. Mm -hmm. And so you want to sort of meet, reach that, you know, efficient frontier, what, you know, in terms of maximizing revenue. So our strategy was, Secondary market focus, because if you look at sort of major core markets, 
um, you know, it's all it's all the big time players, right? Like you look at Access, Smart Stop, which we're beside right now. Is Smart Stop new to Canada? Is that a big American firm? No, they're not new to Canada. I think oh. two two separate separate group. They, I would say, their branding has really popped over the last little while. And um, one of the things about Smart Stop is the predominantly new development, and so you're seeing mm-hmm. you see sort of okay. multi stories. Because this one here, but, it was brand new development. I think it started as Access Storage. Yeah. I didn't even know it started as Access. No, maybe it the builder, like no name one. The builder, I think, built it. Yeah, and he had it as a storage unit, and then he sold sold it to Access. I think it, I think it was Access to Smart Stop. This one, that one, yeah. it was Access to Smart Stop, but it, Access bought him out. I remember him telling us about it at that point. I think that's right because the, Darcy, this was brilliant. He had the parking lot here in this building so we bought these units here that are part of rockstar's new home and he carved out that little corner of real estate and the only way to access that public storage facility that he built there is through the parking lot of this place yeah, yeah I and i think that. and i saw I, so really he took this like unusable piece of real estate that is encumbered by properties all around it built this property you have to go through the parking lot of this property which i don't think is owned by the public storage. They pay condo fees. Oh, do they pay part of the condo fees here? Yeah. Oh, that's how they're doing it? Okay. So they pay part of the condo fees to get access to this parking lot. It's a tiny little piece of real estate. Mm -hmm. How many floors is that thing? Oh, yeah. So we built it for, I think we know the numbers, like, you know. I forget the numbers now, but we did at one point, yeah. Well, I think they're etched in my memory pretty good. I don't believe them. Like cost? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe Tom's memory. Yeah, like I think he, I think that was built for around 16 million. That building. I really, I, I'd be guessing at this point. And then I think when they go, got it. How many square feet is it? I don't know. And then I think they, they, I don't, honestly, I have no, no clue even. And then I think they were going to, the goal to refinance it, but I know COVID, I don't I'm not sure, was to refinance it out. Like, wasn't it going to be like 40 million? I don't know, but he didn't refinance it. He sold, sold it. Access. And yeah. then Access sold that. I remember, I remember seeing the, because um, there was still Access, I remember seeing the press release when, uh, uh, what are these, these blue, blue guys? Smart stop. Smart, smart stop. Yeah. When they bought it, because I saw the press release, I'm like, oh, they, these guys bought a bunch of uh, bunch of. Locations. Did it say what they bought it for? Uh, well, they bought a number of them, and it oh. didn't say it didn't say what they what they bought for those ones. Yeah. Yeah. Access is um, probably like I would say the league leader here. Are they? Yeah, okay. Okay. They've been part. snapping up a lot of the a lot of the smaller ones. What what's what's the orange sign? Public storage. Public, public storage. Yeah. So public's big. American public's uh, historically was the I think the. The biggest in the U.S. So it was seventy plus billion dollar market cap, massive. Oh shit! Company. Really that big? Holy and then, shit. and then, uh, I think just recently, Extra Space, which is another big player in the U.S., bought Life, which is I think the third. Okay, largest. never heard of either. So now they're the well, because they're not here. Okay. And now they're the two. Uh, I think they're the biggest in the U.S. And then, yeah, the U.S. So this is the thing: like U.S. has high storage, like storage per capita in almost every market. It's 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 more advanced than here, just from like a, a capital perspective and and sort of awareness. Um, but there's probably fifteen to twenty, maybe not twenty, call it fifteen private and public co's that are as big or bigger than the largest in Canada, which is publicly traded storage vault. So storage vault, hmm. I think, is like two plus billion dollar market cap, by far the biggest in Canada. Um, and they are man access is the manager for that. So storage route owns effectively access. Um, and the management company's access. So access managed storage. So is access, you see it as, uh, as access. access. So access is really just a management company of these things. They don't own these themselves. So when you see access they're they're like the property manager kind of in Canada. In Canada. In Canada. Well, 
Yes and no. Yes. For simplicity purposes, yeah, let's okay. leave it at, let's leave they're, it at. they're the four seasons of the self-storage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say that they're the biggest. I would, I would say that the four seasons is probably another group called Diamond um, and Smart Stops up there. But th again, this is the reason why, you know, our, our thesis was growing secondary markets where there's low storage per square feet per capita, which is an in interesting metric and one that they quote all the time. Like in the U.S., most markets are call it north of eight, some are 10, 12, um, debatable. I'm just sort of yeah. leveling. In Canada, most markets are three, four, five. Oh. And so storage, there's a need for storage. There's definitely a need for storage. And when you see you know, the population growth, we're focused on Ontario, again, in secondary markets, like there, there's big demand and people in secondary markets store just as much as people in core markets for the most part. And the way and the reason we're not going into core markets is <clears throat> really I'm talking about Toronto is um, all the majors are there mm. and these guys run efficient operations. Right. So it's not. Yeah. We, like we don't have a competitive advantage. And you might there might. So there might be a little opportunity here for you to just penetrate these secondary markets pretty nicely. Incredible. So yeah. we're up. Fast forwarded today, like the origin stores, we bought Orangeville. Then we bought one just outside of Oxbridge. What, what was your, the year you bought Orangeville? 2020. December. Oh, shit. Good for you. December 2020. And then as of next week, we'll have eight operating facilities. Awesome. Yeah. So not bad. And we went a year without an acquisition, just given the sort of the, the you know, the turbulence, uncertainty and interest rates. Um, but we have a like how it boils down to interest rates for everyone and uh, a turbulence, uncertainty and, you know, interest rates. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That, that, that's the driver of the uncertainty. Much, guess, right? yeah. Um, but yeah, like the pipeline's starting to look really good and there's a lot of great markets. Okay, so sorry, just so I can go through this, then Uxbridge was just the same model, secondary market, you found it, was it family owned? It's actually Port Perry. Yeah, so everything- Port Perry, family owned, and they wanted to get out? We put a lot of work in, direct origination, so we go, we we don't go through brokers. Um, You're knocking on doors? We're knocking on doors, we're meeting people. We're Are you pulling up in a rusted old Honda Civic? Like, I don't know, I don't know what you pulled up in today, but your shiny Mercedes, I'm sure, doesn't give off the right vibe. No, I don't have that, but, but, <laughs> but we, we, like we try to meet, not the same level, but we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're just normal guys. Like we're not going in suits and stuff, right? Like it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, blue collar type asset class. And so we, when we meet people like that's our, that's our approach. What that, did you learn from Orange, before you bought Uxbridge, what did you learn from Orangeville that you're like, oh shit, this is what we missed or this is what we were looking for or this is what's really good. Was there something, a size, a location type, um, mm. I don't know, a vacancy amount, was there something that really kind of stuck out? Yeah, like we've learned along the way and quickly after that is when sort of I left my job and said, let's go full time after we made the second acquisition. But if I if I were to say, well, like, what are the main learnings? It's it, it's really everything, right? Like v vacancy and occupancy, um, understanding where the low hanging fruit is on, on an acquisition, understanding when you're making acquisition, like what's, what's important? Is it the price per square foot that you're paying for the real estate you're buying? Is it the price per acre? Is it the cap rate you're going in at? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, where are where are rents in the facility you're acquiring versus rents in the in the in the neighboring market? How many square feet per capita? Is it on a highway or high like a high traffic yeah, area? Lots of variables. Versus yeah. the, so like we we learned we learned a lot and that really honed in our acquisition strategy and still to this day does. Also things like so we're buying current facilities. We're not developing ground up, right? So we said, we've looked at a lot of development, just said, doesn't make, 
Mm-hmm. Like you can build it for cheap or whatever. And people think like, I'm going to get into storage. It's an operating business at its core. So I want to buy income and run them better and drive more income. I don't want to have to think about planning, taking things for approvals. Who knows what the timeline risk is? You know, yeah, you're, build, not build it. you're not developers. Yeah. We may at some point, cause yeah, it makes sure. sense, but like there's a, there's enough meat on the bone in, a, in current facilities that are secondary market mm. owner managed typically these owners. So we go back to what we first talked about. The owners in the, in these markets are people that have run these for a number of years in the most part, you know, maybe that's their their second business or whatever it is. They know people storing in these facilities. So we own stuff in Smithville, Beamsville, Port Perry. We're going to be in Ottawa, which is kind of a core market, but South Ottawa, um, Orangeville, they know people storing in these facilities. So they're, I wouldn't say not incentivized, but their number one concern is running high occupancy, not running a revenue management system. So like one of the key things you look at is where are rents today versus the market? Like, do they have a revenue management system? Do they, do they even have like a management system for, have they increased rents in the last mm-hmm. five years, 10 years? A even. lot of efficiencies you can So there's so many efficiencies wow. you can get day one. So, you know, ancillary income streams like, mandatory insurance, which is important. It protects people, it protects us. Um, and, and other like, you know, mm-hmm. store setups and these types of things. But so with relatively reasonable CapEx investment day one, we know like now we have a playbook where we know cameras, lighting, gates, maybe grading, freshen the place up and then execute on your playbook, which is day one, your rents are going to go up to market. We're less concerned about 95% occupancy than we are hitting certain rents. Hmm. So we're willing to let that thing drop to 82% occupancy. And people say, well, why would an owner who's owned it for so long not have increased rents? It sounds so easy. Oh, and they don't say, need to. Complacent. Well, yeah. they don't need to. And also, like you guys are marketing guys. Everything we've acquired, the biggest budget, marketing budget that anyone has had is $600. And most have had zero. So if you're going to rock the boat and charge higher rents... You need to do some marketing. You yeah. need to market the hell. I've always thought about marketing public storage facilities. I'm like, oh my god, we would kill it because you just have to we go do. around that geographical area, man. It's very, it's very, it. it's very much uh, inside five kilometers. Yeah, but but that's the thing. That's why access, I think we could drive it up if we owned one to like high nineties without much more. When access first bought theirs, I got a, a stack of um, garden ba- uh, yard yeah. waste bags yeah, dropped what, on my driveway. Oh, is that what yeah, they, they do? Access storage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're sophisticated, like they're, they're, so that's it, right? We say like our, our budgets are going to be way higher because mm-hmm. we want high, higher fidel- than high, $600 Darcy. Come on. High fidelity leads because we know <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bit yeah. disruptive and we're going to charge more. So like, why are you charging more? Like you have to be able to justify it. Um, so that, yeah, that's the playbook. So although I, there's not one learning, but like really honing in on what makes for a good acquisition, what we're willing to pay. And there's other things too, I guess you got to think about too, and this maybe is more a big city, not secondary market, but the Oakville public storage thing. Last time I got a U-Haul for Aiden to go to Western there, they had people renting them out and living in them. <laughs> they would tr- rent them out. Truck, you're talking no, about the storage Living in the storage unit. Yeah. And they would have yeah. to like get these people out. Yeah. Like they were renting the storage unit and then living in the storage unit. Here at QEW yeah, Dorval, no, they have the they have the cutout of the security guard in the in the glass. That's right. So he's so yeah to yeah. Scare have you had to away. deal with that yet? Probably not in the secondary markets. No, comment. no. To be honest, we have. Um, yeah. okay. Is because I never on, thought you would have to deal with that. Like that's just a sad state of society. Yeah. 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 Look, like it. 
in our in our first acquisition we did and like we didn't really must have shocked the shit out of you oh yeah like especially when you're acquiring it and like you think you know you've done yeah. your due diligence and then like yeah. realize that this guy like it's he's this is not he's been there yeah how do you miss that yeah um it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it doesn't part, happen it, as much as you think. We've actually come across it twice in the same facility and haven't had it since. So that was early. Well, now you said you guys have a playbook. So now you're aware of these things. And, you know, once you're managing for something, it kind of ha- it gets handled pretty quick. So it's totally different. It gets handled quick. And like that, that's where it comes down to, like, you know, security. And yeah. Like when you know pe- people have gate codes, so you know when they go in and when they come out. If they're not coming out or if they're going in at, you know, 9 p.m. and coming yeah. out at 6 a.m., you're like, oh, okay, well, that... My God, that doesn't add up. Yeah. What was going on last night? Right. Yeah. So, but it's not as frequent as, you know, you hear a lot more in the U S like, especially in the sunbelt States where people were warm. Um, because oh here gosh, it's never thought of that. Here it's cold. Oh, right? I was yeah. thinking of the, I was thinking of the internal ones, like the ones that are indoors. That, yeah. That's what was, I wasn't even thinking about the outdoor ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because of the temperature here. So we're, that, that's another one of our like conscious moves is that we climate controlled is, is great in these multi-story, but like, back to development we've just backed off it because we underwrite not backed off it like we've just consciously said we can drive a similar return profile buying current facilities than we could in develop and and so far it looks better um and so we're like well why why would we not yeah, do good it? for you guys less and it's all drive up sure, it's yeah. all the less glamorous like everything we're doing is just the drive up um, i always drive by those facilities like on the way to collingwood i see some of those and i'm like yeah. oh my gosh like who owns that thing? yeah that's the best business ever we re- i don't even see an employee there sometimes like the hours i think are like six hours a day where yeah. there's like a human there and that's it we ran our business out of a public storage on, on north service <laughs> oh my god we were the humans yeah. we did we had to because <laughs> this is when we were in our our burlington office which i guess you never saw but we were in our burlington office and we were it was like an executive suites type setup and so we had a few offices there and then the the landlord we were subleasing we were subleasing the landlord didn't pay the rent we showed up one day and the, the doors were locked and security was there and we're like, we were paying our rent but he didn't pass our rent on to the main landlord right so we were stuck with our stuff they wouldn't even let us in and eventually we kind of like barged our way in and then i got they called police on me and then i got on the phone with the police and i said like i'm taking yeah. my stuff i don't care because like you can't take our stuff yeah, there was a security thing. guard yeah. holding the door yeah so then i think i was speaking to them and at one point you just like slid through the door i'm like i'm taking then, our stuff i don't care we I, paid our I rent. remember then they were saying we're gonna call the cops we're gonna call the cops i'm like well what are you gonna say because this is our stuff yeah we're not stealing anything yeah. this yeah. is like this is our goods here yeah so call the cops then they did yeah. they called the cops cops came but anyway so that day we had to um so we had we, we had to pat, we had to figure something well, out. Well, so. but before we figured it out, we moved everything into the hallway before the cops even arrived. Yeah, that's right. We unlocked the back doors. We moved everything we had: our desk, printers, phones, everything into the hallway. So when the cops came, they're like, "Yeah, this is all our stuff." We moved into the hallway. These guys are not allowing us in. Yeah. They're the criminals because yeah. they're not paying their rent. They're the criminals. You should arrest them. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a few people from the team came we 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 big big yellow penske truck and we loaded everything in and we're like now what so we went to the public storage for temporary to put our stuff there because we had to put it someplace yeah first we, month was like a dollar yeah we loaded it all up and then uh but remember we have a real like an active real estate brokerage so we have no location so we basically start telling people like if you have a deposit check it was like hey yeah we have this great new concierge service the rock star service <laughs> yeah we come to you to pick up the check so so yeah, that's what it was for, yeah. for, and that was until we found the place in Oakville. So that for the place in Oakville, we were desperate, um, and the timing ended up working out. So how long were we out of that place? I guess we three months, about two months. Oh, was it two yeah. months? Three months? Three months. That's a pretty quick turn. It was. We, we were hustling, lucky. man. We were hustling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
and we signed, we found this place. It kind of had that little training room in it. Yeah. It had furniture. So we just negotiated well, there. Yeah. yeah. That boardroom table that you might've saw in those like cubicles oh, yeah. that were in there. We just knew right. it was all there. Yeah. We're, we're like, not only will we lease the place, we want all the furniture that you have. <laughs> so we just took it all. Yeah. 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 We had no, basically at that How point, was, we had that no was a great office. I feel like for what it worked out. Yeah. I Considering mean, the way it worked out and the timelines we were working with, I, we could, it couldn't have worked out much better with the timeline. Like we yeah. were, you know, it, it did work out for sure. And if you consider throwing away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent, good. Yeah. But at that, that point, there's a cash flow component to, yeah. to the business too. Now, right? now we bought and interest rates are through the roof. And there's so. another cash flow component. Lose, 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 yeah. <laughs> lose, lose situation. <laughs> Maybe we should have just kept renting. It would have been better. No, rents have skyrocketed, man. Yeah, have they? Yeah, rents yeah. have gone up everywhere. There, there, oh, there's a lot of businesses that are closing down because of rents. Yeah, early in the in the where the ones I know of are you know in Laird and Mississauga there, um, the 403 and Dundas area. Yeah, and my understanding is because of high ceilings, they can use that the, those areas as for warehousing. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of e-commerce and stuff going on, they, that warehousing space is becoming more and more valuable. So the guys that were the businesses where they just had on one level, they're being squeezed out because they're they're jacking the rents. So much. So it's interesting you say that. Like we, there, there's a lot of that evolving. Like there's the large format industrial, which is still there, and then now there's the smaller format. Some of this condominiumized industrial stuff um, with like 20, 28 foot clear, oh, where a yeah. lot of people and the rents are massive. But one of the drive, this is exact. One of the drivers of storage actually is, you know, in any given facility. Of course, I bring it back to storage, but in any given facility, call it ten to twenty five percent, like somewhere in there, depends on the market. It's small business guys. They're getting pushed out of the industrial market. So like trades, like you know, contractors, mm-hmm. they'll be in and there, out of there multiple times a day because it effectively serves as a similar thing to what they're like. If they're in a ten by twenty or yeah. ten by thirty or whatever bigger format, it effectively serves as where they're coming out of because they're getting pushed out of. The rents are so high. And they're signing ten year leases. Like. And they're just going like, I can't yeah. do this. So, so it's, their, it's their little like workshop, not really workshop, but it's for all their tools and all that type of stuff. Exactly. Which is better than keeping it in a trailer. Mm. With the way thefts are, it's better because it's more secure than keeping it in the trailer. And those tools are a fortune, right? Those contractors, they they gather a lot of, uh, like a, there's a lot of valuable for sure. valuables in there, right? And it's sticky. Like once those guys, are, you know, people are in there, those businesses are in there, like you're there. Right? Yeah. Like they're, well, why would they, why would they go back? And What's the, the biggest? 10 by 30? Is that the biggest? Well, it depends, but for the most part, like you're not going to go too much bigger than that. You, you know, you kind of have to be thoughtful around. That's like a full your, size that you can go right through and get in on both sides. Yeah, on one of those. You know, there's some ones. some of ours we have a couple bigger units, but it's just you know we acquired legacy builds. Hmm. Um, but yeah, ten by thirty is pretty big because. And is it just you're all, not you're not going to have like twenty ten, much bigger than that? You're taking a bit more risk, right? Like zoning could be different or whatever, right? So. And you're going to command realistically higher per square foot rents on on smaller units for the most part, like a ten by ten versus a ten by thirty. Yeah, that I've makes sense. I really never thought of that. I've yeah. seen some that are tiny, like you open it up and it's almost like a closet. closet. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, and especially in the indoor so indoor. Right when you walk in, they've got these like half units where the doors like yeah three yeah, feet wide or whatever. Know. Yeah, but it, it adds up quick because I remember when we left some stuff because we were too lazy. I think we had two units too deep for all the furniture and stuff. I forget. But we were just too lazy to get it, or we didn't know what we were going to do with it. And then month after month, I'm looking at this bill. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, we, we downsized to a smaller one. Well, we eventually got rid of it. Eventually. Yeah. That's what we want month after month. Like, not to sound like. No, but that's how the fine. business works. It hits we your get credit it. card. It's not a cash business, it's like an automatic payment. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's you don't have to month. deal with the tenant board if someone stops paying you. Well, as no. business owners, if we're busy no. with other stuff, we're getting this other uh, this other office up and running and worried about the business. That's we're just like, oh, we we just got to leave it. We'll figure that out after. I could yeah. see people leaving stuff an extra two years and not even knowing that they left, oh, or, or maybe knowing but not really caring because yeah. they're just like, I just can't deal with that right now. You hear those stories all the time. Like there was one where a lady was like, you know what? I'm like, she was an elderly lady. I think she's like hit eighty, and she's like going from her house to assisted living or something like that. And, um, and she had been there before we had got there and, and for 12 years. And so she's like, just, I don't, I don't even want the stuff. Like, just get rid of it. Like, I don't need it. You know? And so we're like, she's been paying for 12 years. I know. I can totally see that happening. And then you go in the unit oh, geez. and it's like CDs and like yeah, an yeah. old stereo. Like, a, Oh my God, you're totally like that a, reality a rack, show. You know where they go into those units? A yeah. rack and like a mattress. And I was just like, oh man, like think about that. It's how wild. Much, how much you pay to save that stuff? Think of the baseline of some of their units that the 10% that have been in there like 15, 20 years, yeah. where the people are paying, they haven't even been there for a decade. Yeah. Like what's even in there? Cause you guys haven't opened up. You're very dramatic. No, no, but I'm just thinking about like, is there like some cooler with some old steak that yeah. someone just left in there one day and like it's Honestly, a decade later. It's like, so most of it is, is, uh, I wouldn't say there's that many people that don't go in for a decade or whatever, but come on. There's, there's some though. Let's call it 3%. Let's just call it 3% okay. unofficial. Okay. That, I'll take that number. <laughs> but like, when you do open these things up, it's it's very much like what I just said versus, you know, they used to have the storage wars is what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and remember that like, I'm hunting for yeah. gold. Like someone Wayne left. Gretzky rookie card, man. Come on. There you go. Like in every unit, there's a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Totally. But they, they auction them off. So the process is like if someone hasn't. In Canada, we do that? Yeah, there's, there's Oh my God, Darcy, tell are, me you're the guy that's auctioning them off, no, please. No. <laughs> there's third party that would auction it, but you take a picture, you're not allowed to go in and. It's not, it's not. Yeah, the night before you're going in I and think taking anything good out of it. You could tell us, hey, no one's listening to this. You can tell us. I want to get that name because I want to buy one just for fun. Just <laughs> I want to buy one too. I feel like it's like the, the hockey card pack that you just didn't open for a year and you found in your basement. You're like, holy shit, what's in here? We should buy some public storage units that go to auction. We should do this as yeah, like a rock. Take the stuff and do stuff with. Yeah, the that's stuff. what I was just thinking. Oh, not only if the public storage offers a service that when we don't want anything, they'll just take away for us. So we start a junk removal company that just goes around, takes the stuff and junks junks it. I think you got a better business here. I think, I think <laughs> this one sounds kind of fun though, man. Just yeah. looking for that Wayne Gretzky rookie card or looking yeah. for your Bitcoin, dude. Hey, yeah, could be a laptop true. in there, some spinning, private keys. Spinning like a coin in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> a shiny Bitcoin spinning on the floor yeah. when you open it. Boom. I'd be scared to open some of those units, just a raccoon jumping out at you, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, So you're going through these places. It, are there some communities like Collingwood, I guess, gets a lot of just ski stuff. So I guess yeah. there's sometimes that some of these communities are going to get cottagers. It's not just the locals. It's yeah. people passing through like i guess muskoka must have some opportunity that you guys have looked at or considered yeah there's a few there's a, there's a couple guys up there that have a pretty interesting presence like th those are good markets where it's like transient to an extent like calling was the one that's four seasons but i bet you could probably charge a pretty good amount people have kayaks and ski yeah yeah it's just a matter of get like getting your hands on these right like one of the things they're not they're not easy assets to find like you know everyone's mm -hmm. like like i said like i'm going to be in storage and so easy and it's going to clip income like one people aren't stupid they know there's value to what they own and i think people are getting smarter to that and two it's an operating business so like you gotta you gotta have like you gotta tighten yeah. the screws there's a lot of stories of people overpaying and not doing not doing what they thought right 
Um, but yeah, those, those are great markets. Like if you look at all the data, which we look at, you know, quite often and we're really honing in on it, like we like those high, high traffic, like secondary market highways. So the like two lane, four lane highways mm. where there's high volume. We own a site in Alliston, phenomenal market, right on Highway on Highway 89. We own one on Highway 9. These types of highways are really good because you got people moving across those highways to work and back. Mm. Calling would be similar. Yeah. People do have seasonal stuff that they they store. 89 is a perfect <clears throat> highway. You're right. Going through different communities like that, that's a win. Those. That's a those. win. Yeah. 12, 48, 20, 21. Like, every, like Font Hill, Welland, like... Niagara, mm, Niagara, you're right. Alliston, that South Simcoe County into Durham region. Like there's a lot in, in those types of facilities outside, like the market itself, maybe slightly still work great. Yeah, they do. They've probably been neglected. Some of these facilities, you come in and buy it growing population here in Ontario. Yeah, you're kind of got some good so tailwinds. What do you, you think is going to happen around in, around here in the more dense areas? So we're building smaller properties, less obviously less storage. A lot of times, no garages, no parking spots. Mm-hmm. So either condos, stacked towns, even towns. You know, you get less storage and the, the detached with the garage that you know was the more standard before. So, do you is that why you think some of these the the bigger players are trying to scoop up the ones in these areas because they look at the per cap, per foot uh, uh, per foot per capita or the square foot per capita, sorry, mm-hmm. around these areas and think, hey, it's got to increase because they see these trends that as as properties get smaller, either there's two things that happen. Either people buy less stuff, which amazes me that it seems like people are just buying more and more crap they don't need, right? 100%. Right? So, so if they buy this stuff, a lot of people get attached to the stuff, they hold it, and, and then the need for more storage goes up. That is that kind of the hypothesis they're playing on? Uh, yeah, like I think so. And as you get bigger too, it's like anything, like, you know, so the facilities we're buying are kind of like five to 15 million in and around there, right? So, and, and historically I'd say they'd average seven, eight sort of type million dollar assets. Um, when you have a lot of capital, like it's it's hard to just buy $5 million facilities, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if you're some of the, and I can't speak for them, but you, you could imagine like some of these become trophy assets. They trade at a higher per square foot price if they're developing them. Cause you're coming into these markets and developing, like you're not really, you know, the one access traded to, sold to smart. So like that doesn't happen very often. Oh, at got all. It. Okay. They're long-term holds. And if you think extrapolate over that long-term hold, yes, people will store more. It's hard to get industrial zone land. And if you're buying industrial zone land, are you going to put up storage? Or are you going to put up industrial? So I think they're playing off of like, there's a scarcity of industrial land. If you have storage asset in a city like Toronto, that's growing, that land value is going to go through the roof. And over time, it's going to be a good asset in and of itself but you also own industrial land in like phenomenal yeah. markets. So I think there's a bit more of that maybe than in secondary markets. Like you're still buying industrial zone land. It's a covered land play to an extent. Um, but in these core markets, like you're paying a premium, but just like condo developers, right? Like they want to be in that that core, like those core markets because there's only so much land that they can, they can, uh, yeah. they can grab, right? So, I, and people do consume more. Like that's one of the things I always say. <clears throat> It's not a totally fair comparison to compare U.S. to Canada, but it is because it's like the awareness is, you know, 10, 15 years ahead in the U.S. of the asset class in and of itself. People are becoming more aware of storage generally in Canada. People are like, well, once you once you start thinking about it, you see it all over the place. And it's true, right? Like you're kind of like, oh, look at the storage facility there. Look at there. Um, but we consume unequivocally very close to the amount of things that the U.S. 
Americans. Oh, really? From like, yeah, like I don't, I don't know the exact metrics, but like, it's they say storage is 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 sort of uh, yes, we consume we consume a lot, and even in these secondary markets, we're like, well, there's more space. I have two garages, and like, like why do they need storage? Well they just have stuff like they have more they have more big stuff right? uh, yeah i feel like, like you have more if you if you live in those areas with more land you have more toys whether it's a snowmobile or an atv or dirt well, a friend of ours in men's like. league store the hockey goalie i don't know if it was rob or steve used to store his hockey his goalie equipment because he lived in a condo for a while at a oh, self-storage right off qew qw yeah. in islington or kipling because yeah, that'll smell up the whole smell up the whole place condo. and the goalie yeah, equipment no goalie equipment's like if you're in a small condo goalie equipment's clunky and just to look yeah. just to look like get up, up, and up and down i remember he used to go to the storage all the time before and after every game yeah i was in shock that was like i don't know 20 years ago or whatever i'd probably auction off the equipment or <laughs> he could buy new equipment every year probably for the hey if we bid on that unit if he stopped paying you open yeah. it up maybe you got some free pads for road hockey bob's your hey, uncle you don't know yeah, you got him. um and i just thought about your your facilities too with outdoor facilities i guess part of your playbook in developing these i guess you've thought about you can start renting out to rvs because like i see everything parked on these things yeah if you have excess oh, yeah. land so like the way we look at it now another sort of learning is you kind of have a certain amount of fixed costs in a storage facility. So the first acquisition we made was 20,000 square feet. The second one, 55,000 square feet, but it was seven acres. And so there's outside storage, RV parking, boats, trailers, whatever. I, I don't love it, but it works, right? It doesn't look pretty, which oh, God, it is it, what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, because when um, you drive by, it looks a bit all like just... You want it tucked away and mm, whatever. Okay. Aesthetics aside, Got it's, it. good, it's a decent business. Um so yeah, that, that is that is a big that is a big part of it. But one of the things that we really kind of recognized, and, and I guess it's obvious now, is that like it takes the same to staff a fifty thousand square foot facility as it does twenty, and and our costs are pretty much going to be similar, right? Like they're not they don't scale proportionate to what your top line could, and so um, and so we said like really like our our now you know what have we honed in on thirty five thousand plus mm-hmm. probably forty thousand plus square feet and excess land because if you have that excess land like it's the one asset class that i know of like rv parks aside um where you can build incremental square feet like if i have an extra two acres i could put five thousand extra square feet down put a, a slab down and five thousand feet fill it up and then do another five thousand and fill it up like i don't have to build it all at once no and right? the build I, that build is like we're touching a slab and a basic building here pretty straightforward so that's what we've realized we're saying like if you can mm. buy 50 and you've got an extra two acres and you can put another 10 15 20 on it like now you can grow into an asset in the incremental return you can get on your investment by dropping down 5 10 15,000 feet is is that seems solid interesting and you're not taking like full-blown development risk which is like no. buy this parcel go through every you know hurdle like you guys have I seen feel it. like you can develop that on your visa card go to Home Depot get some cement mix it up I'm not like I'm joking but I'm honestly not it's it's not that complicated I could do it and myself in a weekend not, not just that but once they have the designs on this kind of stuff What's the same it? facility can be built over yeah, and over you're not I don't paying know how much of designs you need I mean they're, they're pretty cool <laughs> you and I mean, no, you need, we you come from the Croatian, like constru- yeah, Croatian yeah. construction method where yeah. you just put up some walls and you get some roof happening <laughs> no one needs an engineer stamp on these things <laughs> Listen, ten, 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 ten roofs drawing for that yeah. oh we needed drawings no yeah well here I'll make a drawing right now I got a paper and pen right here no but off highway 10 just north of north side of brampton there's like a public storage facility have you seen it it's just like gravel lot with containers all next to each other have you seen that there's one in oakville come on yeah there's one in oakville off of bronte 
close as they just saw the just like containers next to each other. Yeah, I didn't know. So there you go. They're not even ago. building. The issue with that is like we container storage is, can be a good like can be a fine business. It's different business. Like banks are going to finance that. Oh, got it. So okay. it's not a building, right? It's not. Yeah, it's not really. Real you just have a piece of land. Yeah, like they're gonna, they look at financing totally differently, um, and it's. That's a guy that's had land for a yeah, while yeah. and, they're, and the they're like, okay, let's drop a couple of tanks, fill it up, let's drop another. And I'm making a ton of cash flow, but he's making the a buyer's not going to pay close for that facility. Like the one you're talking about is primetime land on, on here, Ontario and whatever it is up in. At some point it'll be sold off for something about. else. Yeah. So the land in itself, he's going to win or she, but it's not a business that we want to be in. Like yeah. you, yeah, might do, you might do it to add incremental square feet or like for a placeholder, like. Our, our, our site analysis as an example, like it's doing great. You'd add, you know, three, I like 5, when you 000. talk about the, the, the ones you really like, cause you whisper a little bit. Have you noticed that Darcy's he's yeah. telling, he's like, Hey, the one off 89, yeah. that yeah. one's the winner. I get yeah. it. You don't create equity. You don't really create equity in the business that way. you create a little bit of an income stream, like for, you know, a period of time, but there's no equity build up that way. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. And so remind me then with what you and your partner are doing now for this business, are you raising capital for investments? You told me when you first started and I, I forgot you are, right? Is that how you're growing? That's how we you don't have unlimited capital. No, I do not. Okay. Um, but so now we have eight facilities. The way we structured it is actually, <clears throat> we've got a bunch more in the pipeline that are under contract, which is great, which is, you know, it's taken a year to get there. So it wow. takes a lot of, it takes a lot of hard work. We started with sort of friends and family and lucky enough, kind of like a very, you know, high net worth community of people that were sort of one degree of separation. And now we're uh, in conversations with, the thing about the Canadian storage market is there's, institutions want access to this asset class. And okay. institutions, it's just, you know. Yeah, sure, bigger money. Or whatever, yep, but yep. like a lot of people do. And, and there's one, and how do they get it today? There's one publicly traded company, which has been phenomenal over the last mm -hmm. decade. Um, and otherwise, it's like it's a very fragmented market. Yeah, nobody has consolidated. No one has consolidated. Especially the secondary markets. Like you're No one has brought that together. No one has really consolidated. And there are a bunch of big players that are private, like outside of Access Storage Vault. But so they're going like, if you get to a certain number, like this is a, there's there's very strong institutional tailwinds. And so we're having those conversations now around like this is a you get to a certain number and all of a sudden it's it's on the radar of which we're close to on the radar of institutions. But to this point, it's good been, for you guys, man. To this point, it's been well, yeah, you know, this it's still still a long way to go. No, I yeah. get it, I get it. I, but you're on. But a to this point, it's been like uh, high net worth, sort of a little bit bigger check sizes than maybe some yeah. of the other stuff that you know we've talked about historically just because we wanted to sort of keep that investor base tight. But like you can't grow without capital. And so we have, our structure is actually, we have a limited partnership which own, owns a corporation. All of our assets sit in a corporation. So it's like, it was made to roll up. It's not deal by deal, even though we bring deals into this. Oh, got it, okay. Um, so it's like a vehicle that's made to hmm, contain curious. all of the assets and whether we, you know, a pension comes yeah. in and takes out our investors or we sell it, which, down the road or resell it to one of the public Canadian or US. Like I think there's a lot of optionality just given this the tailwinds behind. Oh, this what a fun platform. journey yeah, you're on, cool. man. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you, Darcy. Really cool. Like I remember talking to you before you left 
and did this and now to see you in the process of doing this and just like the headaches you've gone through like i can imagine acquiring that first one in orangeville i know you said your partner right. has experience in some stuff but still it's like it's a pure shit fest you know? yeah you so, just learn by doing right yeah like there's no i still love going out there like i love going to the sites and just yeah it's fun it's like it's it's normal day-to-day people yeah and like it's not and it's not complicated business either that's the that's the weird part about this is very basic you know and and if it's never been consolidated in canada it's definitely not i feel like there's still opportunity yeah. so you guys almost I feel say like it hasn't been like there's guys that have tried to like access right like they kind of had a similar strategy when they started okay. public storage they rolled up secondary tertiary u.s markets which you know secondary market in the u.s a lot bigger than here but like it's not like we're totally reinventing the wheel, but it's it's hard. Like it's it's a hard thing to do, um, and I think we've got a pretty good feel for it now. Well, it's, it's funny when you said when I left though. Like my partner and I always laugh. Like he's got three kids, I got three young kids. <laughs> oh, you don't it have was, to say it. It was COVID, and I'm looking back. I'm like, what, what the heck am I doing? Earth was I thinking? You know, like not really. Like we're so happy we did it, and it's been a wicked journey, but like it takes a lot, you know, more than, yeah. more than you can even think about, like any entrepreneur, oh. right? More than you can even consider or think about like, yeah, it's going to all work out just like we planned it. And kind of ha- like ha- has to an extent, but in a different way, right? It's yeah, but you had path. to put your ass on the line in a big way too. You Major. take some risks and you deal with a lot of Three stress kids. and problems that come up. You know what I mean? There's I remember when we started this business for about seven, eight months, I was overlapping with my corporate job at NetSuite and this business. And I had a laptop bag. But you told them to be fair. I did. I gave them six months notice. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to quit sometime in the next six months. And in, within the next six months, I'm going to give you two weeks notice. Because they were about to go IPO and I didn't really want to screw them. Um, so I was trying Wait, to what company was it? NetSuite. It went public for a billion dollars on the New York Stock Exchange. And the December before it uh, went public, I quit in May. I just like, they're like, why don't you just wait until December? I'm like, fuck, no, I can't. I'm out. My life it needs to move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I learned so much. Like, I'm so That would have been incredible. Sorry? That, that would have been incredible. Well, to go through the IPO? Oh, yeah. I think it would have been as well. I'll never know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I, the people there, like the people I worked alongside, the sales team that I was a part of, the VPs that I reported into, like I learned all, like so much from so many different people. It was awesome. I I rode Oracle from 1998 to 2004-ish, uh, and that was an incredible ride. Like I, the division I was in at Oracle, sales division, went from like 85 people to like 350 people in about you know a year and a half. So it just it was like just exploding. That was just one little division within Oracle, and then to go to NetSuite and go there, and our sales team was a top performing sales team at the company for a while there right before the IPO that's why I can give six months notice because we had a really high performing because yeah, you're the big dog yeah we had, and, and you know yeah so I, I knew I knew I kind of had a little bit of leverage there I'm not saying they couldn't get rid of me I'm sure they could have if they wanted to but I kind of knew I had a bit of leverage there um, but it was just time for me I just knew in my soul I'm like it's time for me to move on I've learned a ton here like and a lot of the stuff we brought to Rockstar like I learned from watching the marketing department out of California there they were doing pay-per-click ads and I was like oh you can bid on keywords and get like these ads and we took a lot of that to rockstar so when nick and i started this business we took a lot of technology crm systems google adword knowledge that we didn't realize people in the brokerage industry here in canada they didn't know about yeah that's that's uh, an incredible edge at the the but and we we were oblivious to that edge so we were generating so many new leads for rockstar we didn't understand why other people weren't 
So when Mike DeZormo walked in and said, hey, I want to work with you guys, we're like, yeah. oh my God, thank you. Thank yeah. you, because here's all these people we can't deal with. Can well, you start to, helping us out? set up the business, like back then, we, you know, just because of IT backgrounds, we just did everything cloud-based from the very beginning. And we had people, you know, We had, we had VoIPs, uh, phone systems before yeah, anybody did. But they were using, you know, either still Exchange servers or what was the phone system called? Citrix? Was it Citrix? Yeah. What? No, no, and a Citrix, no, it was oh. an Exchange server for email, and I forget there the phone, phone system. Yeah. And all this stuff, and we're like, what? Are these guys doing? We're just going to get this void. We got Google Apps. <laughs> you know, the, there's like Darcy, Google get apps. this with the Google. Incredible. Google Apps came out for email for your domain, so you didn't have to have an at Gmail account. It could be like at Rockstar Brokerage, because we knew all this technology. We signed up in like 2008 for that. Whenever we, it first came out. Yeah, we got. Was it last year? Until yeah, the year two, just last 2022, year. we got it for free. They never charged us a dime. So they finally, Google finally sends us the email and saying, okay, like we grandfathered you, we did this, we did that, like it's over. Yeah. You need to call this number and start paying. And we're like, okay, like we weren't avoiding not paying, yeah. but like we didn't have to pay. I told an IT guy who's a friend of ours that, he goes, do you know how much money you guys saved over the, like, cause they were setting up Microsoft Outlook servers and stuff and it was tens of thousands a year oh, yeah. for all this stuff. And we got it for free, the whole thing. like. Yeah. Uh, that was that was incredible. That yeah. is incredible. It, yeah. So that whole journey is just sometimes you're just naive. You go into it. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But that era, going back to what Darcy was saying, when you're leaving, you don't know what you're walking into. My friends during that six months, when they saw me in the office, because I was getting up at like four a.m., four thirty a.m. We were working till like midnight there, like for months. They would look at me in the office, and I had like my two laptop bags. One was the Netsuite bag, and one was like the Rockstar bag. And they said, uh, "Are you gonna die? Yeah. Like you look like." <laughs> Like absolute <laughs> shit. Like, are you going to die? I'm like, no, like this is amazing. I'm loving this. This is great. You, know? you just you just get through it. Like there's a huge element of well, it's cool that you did it with your brother too, right? But it's uh there's just a huge element of like faith and trust, like not in a religious way in yourself and just like you know, you kind of feel it and see it and like can visualize it. So you kind of just have to trust it. And there's no looking back. You don't even know. Like some people asked us, they're like, well, what did you think if you weren't going to, like, did you think you weren't going to make it? I'm like, no, I didn't even have time to think about that. Yeah. Like I had no time to yeah. think about not making it. You just got to figure yeah. out what, just, what you got to do. There was a new problem today and I had to fix that problem. It's so interesting to me though, because like you were in that phase where like tech sales oh, was, was just on fire and it, it kept going though. I know. Yeah. It was just boomed and you got Oracle. Like you got like yeah. some of the uh, like Silicon Valley originals, right? Isn't, isn't NetSuite the Sequoia guys or whatever? Isn't no, NetSuite was a spin-off. It was funded by Larry Ellison. Oh, was. Uh, yeah. And then Oracle reacquired NetSuite. So NetSuite was a, a guy from Oracle left, one of the chief developers. Larry Ellison funded him. Um, yeah, he funded, Larry Ellison funded that and Salesforce. Salesforce yeah. So these two guys left Larry, Oracle. Larry, Larry Ellison, yeah. Oh, Larry Ellison, <laughs> man. He wrote an email. I was in 1998. I was at Oracle. This email comes in from Larry Ellison. So at the time, he's already a billionaire. Like one of the... Sailboats. Second, second, sailboats all over the place. Yeah, sailboats. Second richest guy in the world. That time, wasn't he getting in trouble for f flying a fighter jet too close to... Uh, yeah, that's right. In San Francisco, yeah. he was flying. He was landing his private jet at like 1 a.m. and there was a law against it. And he used to pay in the 1980s his sales guys in gold coins. 
A, no, a Brinks truck would come up and pay the Oracle sales guys in gold coins. That's, awesome. That's how they got paid in That's the cool. 80s. But anyway, so in the 90s, um, he writes this email just blasting Bill Gates. This is when him and Bill Gates were just going at it. And Bill Gates was like, everyone's going to have a Windows operating system on their yeah. computer all around the world. And he went on this email. He basically explained in excruciating detail why Bill, why Bill Gates was stupid and that he described this network computing architecture. I'll never forget it. NCA. And he goes, no one's going to have this stupid fucking bloated software on every computer around the world. It's going to be all on a server and you're just going to go through like a web browser and have what he called it a thin client and you're going to access the information you need when you need it. You're not going to install. Who's going to install all this software? And at the time, that seemed like, whoa. Yeah, like revolutionary. Yeah, really? Yeah. Like network computing architecture? So he was ahead of... Oh, he was oh, yeah. so ahead. Of, but but then the rest of the email was just like blasting Microsoft and blasting why like they were all wrong. And I just remember thinking, wow, I'm in it right now. But I was in tech support, <laughs> like reading this email, just thinking I'm in the middle of something <laughs> special here. That was you before were. I went to sales. Oh, I learned so much from all that environment. Those American software companies just drove so when i got into the sales side and saw how hard they drove holy shit i remember walking in one day and the guy walking in next to me american guy um still a friend to this day i was a sales consultant so i was like the engineer who would go with the salespeople to explain the technology mm -hmm. so i'd be on a phone call they would have the cio of like the chicago stock exchange on the phone and i'd be explaining how the technology worked and the sales guys there like you know making the sale happen and I walked in from the parking lot in Mississauga off Highway 10 there. And he he turned to me, he goes, you're enjoying being in sales now? You're not in tech support anymore? And I said, oh my gosh, I just absolutely love this. I love this opportunity and I love being in sales. And he looked at me and he goes, you're not in sales. He goes, you're not in sales until you carry a bag. And I go, what, what the hell is carry a bag? So I had to like ask some people, what does this guy mean? I'm not in sales, I'm in sales. And he goes, oh no, you have to have a quota. Like you, yeah. you're not in sales until you're just commission based and you don't eat until you sell something as a sales consultant, which I was, I had like a pretty decent base, base salary with a little bit of bonuses yeah. because you're not really in sales. And I remember that just eating me alive. I was like, fuck, I want to be in fucking sales. <laughs> and then I transitioned to sales and it was, uh, it was a killer year. I did like. I, I just crushed the first five months because I could get on the phone with some of these tech guys as a tech person. Yeah, that's key. Yeah. And I could speak there. I, I'll never forget talking to some of these CIOs going, yeah, you don't need this. You don't know that. I can save you money over here. Save money here. We'll redo your annual support contract. You'll cut your savings down here. You buy all these new things, which I was comped on. Yeah. But I will save you annually this much. So it was it was a no brainer. Yeah. So I just, uh, it was just a, a crazy time. So I don't think when you're in those environments, you realize what a great time it is, but that era of software sales was something special. That was, that was cool. No, it's what you guys have built like no brainer. Great yeah. move. But so for you, so sorry, we got off track there, but for you now, are you looking for investors now or where are you guys at? Where, where, where are you at with your business? Yeah, we are. We're in, we're kind of in a mode now where we've got that sort of initial tranche of assets that have done very well, by the way, to this point, like through the uncertainty, which is driven by interest rates, like the actual things that we've owned have done, have all outperformed what we underwrote, which is, I can't even believe we're saying that, but it's great. So we're very happy with it. And now we're about to make acquisitions that would sort of double our size. So we are looking for, we have them in a pipeline, they've just taken a while to hit. Um, so we are looking for investors for sure. Um, and our historical denomination has been like a $250,000 minimum. 
So it's, it's, it's a little bit higher than, you know, yeah, so it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone, but it, like, it's a great asset class, tough to get exposure to, you know, love the risk profile in terms of like, well, downside versus upside, like, and how do investors get a return? Is this just like some, yeah. Like what, what's the structure? What's the structure of this type of investment for you guys? It's like, we we're underwriting it to five years, four to five years from now. Um, so it's, can either be a recap, like an institution come in and sort of take our, our investors and say, keep managing it for us or not. Like we're just going to take it from here, sell it to, you know, one of the public publicos or, or, um, or potentially take it public ourselves, to be honest. So awesome. So it's a five year runway. We're writing, underwriting everything to five years. Like once you take external, I'm not independently wealthy. I wish I was. Cause once you start taking sort of third party outside capital, like, you know, even beyond your family, um, a finite timeline becomes very important. So mm. you can't just do it forever, yeah, which would it. be You're on the deal, clock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Right. Like yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're, we're geared up for that. And I think like, you know, we can see where it's going to go. So exit options are good. It's a five year thing. Storage is good for like income producing, but we just didn't structure it like that. We structured it so that if there is income in our corp at some point, there'll be enough income where we won't be raising capital, we can make acquisitions directly out of our I like court. the way you guys that's have done that. Cool, yeah. I think that's a great way to yeah, it's do a long, it. It's a, it's a real, a legitimate long-term plan. Yeah, yeah, you this know, is the like, opposite of how I would think it would be structured, but I like this way better. To be honest, it's it was set up for like a, you know, kind of like a 10-year run, right? Like if you Who think gave, about Someone gave you that guidance to do that way. Was it you guys together figured out to structure it that way? Well, you just, you, you gave me a hard time about using BDO and we worked with similar caliber law firm and okay, whole, so they so it has it. been worth it. We kind of said like, and so not, not to jump around, but initially we thought like, let's, let's only sing for a long period of time. And then as you grow, you realize you need capital and you, your capital goes beyond one degree of separation and, and they're going to want a timeline. So it shifted a little bit, but it's set up so that if we did recap it, we could stay in the same entity and just keep acquiring almost like a. Yeah. A Berkshire, like it's corporation yeah. built to Good grow, right? So, so yeah, all joking aside, the BDO stuff, getting some of the right professionals to guide you on that has been worth it. Yeah. And we have really good advisors. So we've got advisors cool. that have built big, two of them have built very substantial real estate companies and are kind of 10, 10 years ahead, 15 years ahead of us. So they, they were also, you know, would drop the old, Hey, have you thought about this every once in a while? And so that, that kind of framed our, our thinking as well. So. Yeah, we got a good group around us. We're in a great like ecosystem. We got a great team. So now it's just execute. And to be honest, like one of the things that the reason we're talking is sort of big little bigger capital sources and, and not to exclude people that can write a two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollar check, but is be, is because like we've done it all, right? We've raised the capital, we've built a built a structure, mm-hmm. done the acquisitions, and um, and we like that, but raising capital can consume a lot of time. And so if you had, you know, commitment or more committed, bigger capital per se, it, then we could really put the thing on mm-hmm. rocket fuel. Or buying speed at that point. Yeah. Then it's just and operate, right now, yeah. deals operate and execute, right? Versus also capital, which is fine and it's how it goes, but um, that's kind of the phase we're at. Awesome. So. It feels like just listening to you, you know what you have. Like, you know what you have at this point and the conviction is with you guys to attract the capital that you want and not what you need out of some sort of desperation. You're like, this is what we're looking for and this is where well, we're you're going now next. You're, now you're almost playing with profit, right? Yeah. Because the foundation is built, yeah. which is the hardest part, uh, you know, and then you can now use that to guide yourself. 
Uh, yeah. You guys have moved pretty quick, man. Congrats, Darcy. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't feel like it sometimes that, you know, you never feel totally set. You guys know. No, you, start, yeah. you never feel like you're, like, like you're always kind of yeah. yeah, chomping at the bed. Yes. You got to get going, right? Yeah. But no, I pr- appreciate it. Like, or you're just tired because you've been chomping at the bed for too long. You're like, well, he's been doing this. Break. Three kids, family. Yeah. He's exhausted. Yeah, so you know exactly. No, no, I like it. Like, I can't I find his energy. Bitcoin. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. That's Listen, whole, that's I can't find my Bitcoin. Can't find long-term hold. We're putting it on the balance yeah. sheet. Lo- what I is lose, that on your lose, balance sheet? Lose Don't. my own money, but not, not others. Right? <laughs> that's a misplaced Bitcoin on the balance sheet. Yeah. Can't find it. I like the Worth fact me. that it's on the balance sheet. That's a good point. It's yeah. secure. Yeah. I just tell them it's so secure. It is like super You would secure. not even be able to get it. I might not be able to get it either. I tell it's them, that secure. You're not even going to be able to get it. <laughs> Well, I've, I've been asked about my balance sheet for different for different reasons, and I'm like, when they ask me, you know, what do you have? I'm like, hey, look, how much do you need me to tell you? Yeah, you know, like what percent? That's how we are. We're like, what's the minimum yeah. we can tell you to yeah. get approved? Yeah, like yeah. we don't want to tell you anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's exactly my, my thing. I'm like, you should tell them that you have uh, not him, but you might know this story already. But I'm just be curious if if when, next time you have to answer those questions, tell them you have some gold. silver or gold buried in Europe. D- Darcy, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I buried some gold. Pablo Escobar. Yeah, I buried some gold and silver in two different locations in Europe. No. Yeah, I did. And I have the GPS coordinates. So if you're ever there and you're in a jam. Yeah, I did. But they're on. And I only did this for the facial reaction you're having right now so that I could go to a dinner party or backyard barbecue and people talk about crazy stuff. And I'll say, oh, yeah. Wait, but what's the lot? Like, was the logic that like. The logic is Darcy might need be in a jam and he's traveling through Europe and I can just text you some GPS coordinates and you won't be in a jam anymore. It wasn't for you to like, because the whole, you know, Bitcoin and monetary fun. It's enough that you can, it can be helpful. Um, but yeah, it's just for fun. It's not like, have yeah, you ever gone back and dig it up? I went and checked on it. Um, yeah. I went With what, like it. one of the hover beach hovers? Can't tell you any more than that. I checked on it. I'm not going to tell you it's how. still there. My son was with me. That's the only other. Yeah, no, I, I shouldn't even actually. say that. No, he wasn't yeah, with me. Because now we know we're honing in on the country now. See? Yeah. 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 Oh, trust me. We know the whole uh, Trust town. me. I'll listen, I can tell you the country. It's, it's, I can barely find it. Okay. So like here, even with the GPS coordinates, no one's finding I'm starting a new business, man. Treasure hunt business. You know what I Start treasure hunt for these. Nobody so can find Bitcoin. No. <laughs> we should have a poll. Would My you gold rather, and silver, your Bitcoin together, dude. Long term, long term on the on the balance yeah. sheet. This is long term. That's very what secure. I like. That's on the balance sheet. Yeah, he owns it. Right, yeah. it's on the balance sheet somewhere. I think the where poll, is it? The poll Can't should be you. who's more likely to find their. Oh, dude, I have GPS right. coordinates. Yours is in a laptop, digital. Yours is gone into the, you've donated, you've reduced the supply of accessible Bitcoin for the rest of us. And we appreciate you for your efforts. Hey, I regard. apologize it for my, my brother being an asshole. It doesn't speak well for the <laughs> currency though. No. Or me. Yeah. That's a whole different Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> Darcy, where, if someone wanted to find out more about you guys, uh, the URL, can you, can you hand it out? Yeah, it's pantoneim.com. So P-A-N-T-O-N-E-I-M.com. Pantone Investment Management is our business. That's the the manager. Our our um, storage facilities aren't branded that though. They're branded just different things. Cool. I like that because then we can drive by and it might be Darcy's. Yeah. yeah. Well, we kind of know some. Yeah, you see my locations. name on there. We yeah. toyed with that logo a little bit, my face, but it didn't. It no. Didn't I would like to see you working at the front desk at one of them. Just, just well, one. Going day up for to fun. Collingwood, we pass, we pass the Orangeville one all the time. Somewhere there, I don't know exactly where it is. There's I, a bunch we pass on the way. Not on as soon as you pull into Collingwood. So there's, there's a few one in Orangeville that's a big bluebird on nine. Um, Collingwood, there's a bunch. We actually own a site. This is just a random tidbit. Like we had. We had the two first facilities, and then during COVID, we came across a site in Thornbury, not Collingwood, right on 26. It was nine, oh, wow. nine acres, and it was like, 
120K an acre. We're like, that seems like a pretty good price. And so we ended up buying it and we've site plan, we're in the process of actually site plan approving it for light industrial and storage right on 26. I don't know if you know, it's kind of not like almost right across from that home hardware. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that's exactly. before the microbrewery there. Yeah, I know it's exactly. right. Oh yeah, I know right exactly. I know exactly where that it's on is. The, it's on the like. Oh, dude, on the left that's side a great one. spot. Yeah, that is a great spot. So, and that area we still growing. may develop that. Like even though I said we're not developing, just because it's a, it's a very interesting location. And actually, there's well, you know how many people from just Toronto are buying in that area. Mm-hmm. No, that spot. That's why we ended up. When we're up there, we go to Thornbury a lot to the restaurants versus like we won't go to the village so much. So on the weekends when it's really busy, right? We'll just so we'll head up to, to Thornbury. There's a couple of good little spots there. And I know there's a, a lot of nice cottages around there too, from my understanding. They haven't explored. Well, it's the much. chef who owns that one restaurant in Thornbury. It's him and all his buddies who own those really nice houses. Yeah, just on he's the, other the guy side. that owns Bymark and stuff. He's some chef that people would know the name of probably. We don't. It. I don't. <laughs> I'm not into. Oh, that I don't even know the name of the restaurant. What's the name of the restaurant in Thornbury? There, it's a really great yeah. restaurant. I forget it now. It's an Italian. I place. should know. It's not the one in the mill, like backing onto the water. No, no. This no, is like a Toronto chef, right like really, really nice. You would never expect it to be in it's, Thornbury. It's further through that intersection, isn't it? Yeah, I know what it's you're talking about. All the guys, all the guys from left. Toronto go. Yeah. It's the main drag in Thornbury, I know, I know. which is a tiny, <laughs> that makes it seem like it's a big downtown. It's a tiny downtown. Did you find it? Yeah, Fabrica. Fabrica. I don't know if that's how you oh say man, it's Fabrica. a great place. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty. The food there's probably the first time we went. I was shocked. I was like, you can't even get in really on good. busy weekends. You need reservations. Yeah. You can't even walk into that place. But uh, Darcy, so we like Thornberry, but you know, I, I wouldn't say it's our. There's a lot of markets that are right right on our radar. So see where it goes yeah that's cool man pumped can't wait to see the next part of the journey man um darcy thank you didn't have to come in and share this so thank you really no, no, appreciate, appreciate you doing this. thank great. you appreciate it and uh yeah that's it thanks. thanks for having me thanks guys hey everyone hopefully you enjoyed that chat with darcy you can find out everything that darcy's doing by visiting his url it'll be in the show notes of this particular episode and you can learn more about becoming a rockstar inner circle member yourself by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member till next time your life your terms